This is Tracy. And this is Steven. And this is Just the Two of Us Podcast. Hi, everyone. We're back. Did you miss us? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that deafening silence as a no. (laughs) All five of you, did you guys miss us? We hope so. Uh, Yes, we have been gone for a while um, but we apologize for the long hiatus, but we are back and hopefully we will be um, more consistent with our uh, podcast because we are going to do something a little bit different. We decided during our hiatus that we would revamp the podcast and um, should I explain what we're going to be doing? Or yeah, go, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, so what we're going to be doing instead of kind of talking about pop culture and other, uh, you know, current events, we're going to uh, turn our podcast into an entertainment podcast because we felt after looking at a number of other podcasts um, that there was just kind of, or let me be specific, <laughs> black podcasts, um, there was not a lot of entertainment-based podcasts out there Um, And there were a lot of pop culture, current event type podcasts. And so uh, we just felt like, you know, we were just adding to, uh, you know, what is already out there in a great number. And um, we just felt that, you know, doing an entertainment podcast would suit us better because, number one, we watch a lot of TV. (laughs) We watch a lot of television. We watch a lot of TV. (laughs) And we do um, want to talk about those shows um, on the podcast, and two, um, we just thought that, like I said, it would just be better to turn the podcast into something a little bit different, so we could, you know, stand out, stand a little out bit more, a little yeah, bit more, and offer something different, you know. Right. Everyone's talking about the same thing. I mean, we see right. all of summer whenever it was like a big like event socially, everyone talked about it. You mm-hmm. know, if the, you know, if someone said something controversial, then everyone jumped on that to talk about, you know, whatever celebrity said something wrong or mm-hmm. something like that. So we figured, you know, let's try something a little bit different. Let's stand out from them because, I mean, if you heard one person, you know, talk about like, you know, the Ferguson protests or Freddie mm-hmm. Gray, you've, you've heard them all. I mean, everyone right. does it every time. So it's like, you right. know what, we're going to, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, you know, get a little different flavor for you guys, and right. you know, hopefully you like it. Yeah, and there are a lot of great podcasts out there that do talk about those events. So um, we just felt like, hey, let's leave, um, you know, those types of stories to those really great, well-run podcasts, and we will um, shift our focus to something else. However, we do want to still talk about some events if they, you know, if we feel moved to do so. Um, so every now and then, we may do a special podcast about you know, something specific. Right. And I think also we want to do stuff where it's entertainment related. Right. If it's like really related to entertainment, uh, you know, a a movie, a a movie, a controversy about a particular movie or show or star of the show, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that's something that, you know, we could also talk about as well. Right. Right. So, um, so that's going to be the big change with the podcast. We are now an entertainment podcast and we will talk about, TV shows um, and movies and any and other music. and music, any other related topics um, that have to do with entertainment. Right. So yes, yeah. so that's going to be the new focus. And um, yeah, we have just been you know dealing with life, which is why we've been gone. Uh, we've moved, which is awesome. 
So that has been, you know, one of the biggest reasons why we've been gone. Yeah, we moved to a new city. We yep. re- relocated from New York mm-hmm. to uh, the Washington, D.C. area. So that's Woo-hoo! awesome. DMB in the house. So we are very excited. And, you know, it took us a while to get adjusted to the new digs and move. And we had some interesting things happen our first week here, um, which resulted in a second kind of move, but nothing major. But yeah, so now that we're fully like in our digs and, you know, we've got a new um, vibe for the podcast, we are ready to get back into it. So with with no further ado, (laughs) let's get started. Yes. Well, this, you know, it's, it's the fall 2015. And, you know, that means there's going to be new television shows Woo-hoo. on the horizon. Right. And, you know, last week was a premiere week for the, the broadcast networks where, you know, most of their new shows uh, premiered. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was quite a few shows where, you know, over the summer we've, we've seen promos, we've seen, you know, ads and, you know, heard people talk about them. And I just thought it'd be a good idea if we can, you know, Check out those shows and we let you guys know, you know, and our expert television watching <laughs> watchers' opinions whether or not you should keep watching that show. <laughs> so essentially, we we watched the first episode of uh, a few new shows, and mm-hmm. we, uh, you know, we pretty much uh, determined whether or not you know it's worth your time to keep watching what we thought about it and. And things like that. Right. And these are new shows. These are not returning shows. So we are not going to talk about Empire, which I know a lot of people watched and probably would love to hear about. Um, but we won't be reviewing that. Not at this moment. Um, not today. Um, and we won't be talking about any other shows uh, that are coming back. These are brand new shows that premiered uh, the last week. So, Right. Yes. And um, well, the first show we're going to talk about is Minority Report. And Minority Report uh, was a highly, highly marketed show mm-hmm. uh, for Fox. And it's based on the 2002 movie starring Tom Cruise and Colin Farrow. And for this version of the show, um, it's, uh, well, essentially, to give you a background on the Minority Report movie, in Minority Report, there were uh, essentially, uh, the, the premise of the movie was there were three uh, people who had... Uh, the ability to see the future who uh, government officials uh, pretty much, you know, took control of and used them to help predict crimes before they happened. Mm -hmm. And essentially what they did was they would see the perpetrator of the crime and the victim, and then they would let the police know what happened and the police would arrest that person prior to them even committing the crime in the first place. Uh, And uh, essentially... Um, and in this movie, uh, I'm sorry, in this show, it's set in the year 2065 in the Washington, D.C. area. And uh, it follows one of the um, one of the, the, the people who predicts these crimes. They're, they're called Precox uh, as he helps uh, making good solve uh, pretty much solve crimes, picking mm-hmm. up where the movie left off. Uh, essentially, the the program that they use to to predict these crimes is called the pre crime program. And in the movie with Tom Cruise in 2054, uh, at the end of the movie, all the pre- once they determined that uh, the, there was a problem with the precog program where it, it wasn't exactly accurate, people became concerned about uh, convicting people without having you know 100 percent accuracy uh, on whether or not the people are going to commit that particular crime. Mm-hmm. So 
at, at the end of the movie, the pre-crime unit was dismantled and all the prisoners were pardoned and then some of them were put under surveillance just in case they they decide to commit these future crimes and then the precogs were sent to an undisclosed location a small unchartered island in the north atlantic ocean to live their lives um but before you know the program was dismantled the three precogs that were part of it were dash his twin brother arthur and a woman named Agatha, and they're the ones who will give out the predictions on the crimes. Uh, essentially, the way this show starts off, Dash decides that you know he wants to still help prevent crimes, so he leaves this this island and he goes and he tries to you know using his visions tries to stop the crimes before they happen but he doesn't have a good track record in doing that because he's just a little socially awkward he's, he's not quite you know physically fit it appears to like you know do all the running around trying to stop these crimes mm -hmm. and he hooks up with megan good's character uh the detective laura vega <laughs> who uh you know she realizes who he is and they decide to work together to stop these crimes. Mm -hmm. And also uh, appearing on the show are uh, Wilma Varrama <laughs> as, as Detective Vega's uh, boss. And also uh, an actor named Nick Zano as Arthur Dash's uh, twin brother. And Laura Regan as Agatha, uh, the, other, the third precog. And Tracy, my question to you is... What did you? <laughs> what did you think of the first episode of Minority Report? <laughs> I'm like, oh, um, I thought it was decent. Um, I have to say, um, the short end of what I have to say is the jury's still out for me. I don't know if I would tune in again for the show, and I will say that the long, longer version of my opinion. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a very predictable show. Um, that's just my initial feelings on it. Like, I think a lot of the crimes that happen, I mean, you know they're going to get to whoever they need to get to to prevent the crime. And I think, I don't know. I hope, I mean, I hope they do mix it up, but it feels like it's going to be predictable. But I hope they do mix it up where I hope they don't get to whoever right, in time to, the, stop, right, right, to stop the, the crime from happening. Um but other than that, like, I think um, it was okay. Um, Megan Good, you know, I've never really been a huge fan of her acting. Um, but she felt like, I mean, she, she came across pretty good in this, in this first episode. I mean, I think a lot better than what I've seen in previous movies and, and whatever else uh -huh. she's been in. Like, I can't even think. All I'm thinking of is, like, what, Baby Boy? She was in. Okay, she was in, she's <laughs> she in was Biker in, Boys. She I didn't see Deliver that. Us from Eva. Okay, I saw that, but I don't remember her. Drumline. Okay. Wait, uh, what? Was she? Yeah, she was in Drumline. I'm pretty sure she was uh, Nick Cannon's love interest in Drumline. No, that's Zoe Saldana. Oh, that was Zoe? Oh. <laughs> I was like, wait, I've oh. seen that movie a lot. Oh, she wasn't in Drumline. No, she was not in Drumline. Oh, well, that's a demerit on her part. Um, um, but she's been in a lot of Yeah, she's stuff. been in a lot yeah. of stuff. And usually it's, a, you know, kind of like B, C type movies that really don't, you know, it's kind uh, of like. movie Well, I mean, she usually goes to like kind of like TV movies and like stuff that's, you know, goes straight to video type of stuff. I mean, I know she's done a lot of that kind of stuff. But I'm just saying, like, anyway, she's yeah. never been somebody I, like, was checking for. Here, I'll put it like that. But I think she did pretty good in this first episode. And, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't have, I didn't have a problem with the show. Like I said, I think it's just going to be a very predictable type of show. Mm-hmm. And um, the one of the things that uh, I know a lot of people were commenting about this on Twitter, and I was also impressed by it too, was the um, the uh, special effects. Really, you were impressed by those? I, I mean. Hmm. They were cool. Mm. They were really cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, Minority Report was cool as the for the movie, right? Because of the special effects, you know, they got these screens popping up and they're using their hands to move things around, mm-hmm. and so that was cool. And I'm glad they brought that into yeah. the TV show. So I, I thought I like the, the special effects too. were okay. Uh, I think um, one thing that was really cool about Minority Report is when they had those like flying cars. There, mm-hmm. there you go. Back to those flying cars. Flying they um in the flying cars, you know, it looks pretty cool. You know how they went up to the side of the building and all that stuff. Right. And that's obviously something that's not going to happen on this show, given the the, <laughs> the size of the budget on this show. I'm I'm sure they they don't have the budget for it. Mm-hmm. But right. e- even then, I think the you know I've seen better shows with better special effects. I mean, it wasn't like the the effects that they showed in, in Minority Port. It wasn't that they were bad. They just weren't anything special to me, and there wasn't much. Of it, like I think back to uh, another show, um, like you know, Almost Human, which debuted mm-hmm. on Fox, you know, last season. It took place in the in the near future, and I, I was really impressed with those special effects, uh, considering the low budget of the show. Like they they did a lot of things there, uh, you know, effects wise, effects wise with the CGI. And another show we watched recently is Extent. Mm-hmm. Although Extent wasn't the best show around, Extent had. I thought it had pretty cool. good yeah, right. special effects probably for better than a, this. a network show. Yeah, yeah, probably better than definitely better. So I mean, but the, but for Minority Report, the special effects are the least of my concern. Um, I I don't know about this show. Like I'm I'm on the fence about it because the it's the it, it, the thing that would get me coming back to this show is definitely the source material uh, of Minority Report, like seeing mm-hmm. the movie and enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, I like that premise, I like that that plot, so mm-hmm. I would you know definitely would check out a show that that followed that same premise. Mm-hmm. And if it weren't for that, I probably wouldn't keep watching this show because it it wasn't anything special to me. Uh, the the you know a lot of people commented how they liked the chemistry between Dash and Vega, but. I really wasn't uh, yeah, seeing the chemistry was there. Like... There wasn't really much <laughs> chemistry there. Um, it, the crimes, you know, and I think the, the the crime of the first episode wasn't even like the least bit interesting. I mean, maybe it it will mm-hmm. get in, more interesting crimes as the show goes along. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the first one, and you know, I'm not even going to tell you what the crime was because. I can't remember. I'm sorry. I, it's a complete blank to me. I have no idea what happened as far as the the, the, the crime that they were trying to solve in that Should episode. Should I tell it? Can I spoil do, do, this? Do you remember? Go ahead. Well, vaguely, it. yeah. Okay, like, well, I'm going to spoil it for you if you haven't seen this. But, um, yeah, it was basically that guy who, and I don't remember what his, his what that he guy. was. He was, yeah, it was some man who was trying to, like, take over the, um, he was trying to poison like a whole bunch of people at that mayor's event. Right. He was trying to like yeah. yeah okay. Remember they saw the premonition and that he yeah that the mayor's mm. wife got sick or whatever. Right. So but they ended up the seeing mayor, the yes. whole picture of it and yeah. So was, yeah, I guess trying to kill the mayor but killing a whole bunch of people also in the um, event of it. But and it was because what like he was put into jail or something or he was convicted. Oh, he was a pre crime person that went into a mental institution. So like what happened was. 
there were all these people that put were put into mental institutions. Right, people as a result after they were let out of jail because you know you couldn't keep them in jail because the pre program pre crime program shut down. Yeah, some right. people went to mental institutions and like I guess he was mad and bitter about that. Right, and then his daughter was like in on in it on too, on it, and, trying to yeah because right. she was also upset you know that they did this to her father. So yeah, so he planned this elaborate. Um, you know, poisoning of the the mayor at a huge event where thousands of people. He was running for mayor. The gen, the gentleman was running for mayor. So um, mm-hmm. he was a, what he was like a the previous uh, commissioner, I guess, police commissioner. Man, and he was, you don't really, you really I don't, don't remember. Don't even remember. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was a. He was a police. He was a police commissioner, and he was running for mayor. Oh, yeah, so, he was yeah. the commissioner he, of the pre-crime. Program. Yeah, during the pre-crime program, okay. right? So yeah. So anyway, he's the the guy is trying to take out this guy. You know, the man running for mayor, and he uses carrier pigeons to do it. <laughs> oh, not just carrier pigeons. Carrier pigeons that are like extinct. Like, you did research. Anyways. Yeah, because they were actually like extinct. They went extinct in like the early 19th century or late 19th century, early 20th and somehow century. Somehow he has commanded a sometimes, flock. Yeah, of- sometimes somehow he was able to, to resurrect this extinct species of like pigeons <laughs> and decide to use the pigeons as a carrier device to like send this to like send this virus, virus or everywhere. disease, whatever. Right, exactly. That, that on its face, that just sounds completely preposterous. Yeah, so that was kind of the first crime that they stopped. I know it's all we're saying this all over the place because we really it it really was such a I don't it, even it, was know how a it was a jumbo of a of a of a pilot and right. it wasn't it wasn't very concise mm-hmm. and clear as to what was going on right and and that's despite the fact there was a lot of like exposition via you know uh, you know basically monologue dumping right. like they one had character to tell just you sit up here and explains everything like even everything. with that it was still difficult to follow right I mean, so. one thing I would say is like the best part of the show besides the actual premise of being, you know, based on Minority Port Mm -hmm. was just Megan's goods. Like... (sighs) Really, dude. I mean, come on. The last... Not the last scene, but the scene at the end of the episode when she's jogging and then she's got that, like, Washington, like, whatever, Red Storm shirt on. Red Cloud. Red Cloud shirt. And it's, like, all tight. And she's just, like, jogging, jogging jogging i'm like yo what does this have to do with the story i'm like yo i don't care she's just running in this tight shirt and that was like okay y'all trying to get people to watch this show based off of megan's goods i see what y'all are doing fox i suddenly hate that that's her name now megan's goods <laughs> it's not megan's goods well how about hallie's berries stop stop <laughs> while you're at you're actually not ahead. please stop those are my two favorite <laughs> hallie's berries and megan's goods okay. but anyway but it's funny how with Megan Good in this show, like she's basically adopted the same uniform that Nicole <laughs> Pahari's character Abby Lincoln, uh, is it Lincoln? Abby Lincoln in, in Sleepy Hollow wears. Like she, yeah, the very tight, the very she, tight, yeah, black pants, leather jacket with like a t- tight T-shirt underneath. I yeah. mean, to the T, that's the same outfit, outfit Megan Good was wearing. Tighter than Nicole Pahari. Oh, it was, yeah, because you know <laughs> Megan Good is like you know scientifically enhanced. So it's everything's <laughs> going to be a little bit tighter on her than it is on Nicole Bahari. But in any event, that was definitely a highlight of the show for me. But that notwithstanding, <laughs> I will suggest to you as a viewer, it, if you're willing to stick with it, it might be worth it to keep watching Minority Report, but I don't think you're going to really miss much. It's, yeah. You know, it's kind of... I think this is one of those shows you can miss a few episodes and binge watch it and you, see if you like it. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
I think you yeah. You don't you have can, to watch it every week. Right. This you can is... definitely do that. But I was I I would pretty much say in all confidence that this show is probably going to be canceled by the end of October. <laughs> so considering the the very low ratings it got on the first night, which oh, is around, what were the ratings? Oh, it got like terrible ratings. It was like three million viewers. Oh wow! And that was before the DVR mm-hmm. numbers came in. So it was like okay. three three million viewers. It was yeah. like point nine or one yeah. in, the, in the demo. So yeah, they'll have to. It's pretty much going to get canceled. They'll soon. have to clean up, you know, their storylines. Right. And like I said, I feel like it's going to be a little bit predictable. Um, like I was trying to uh, just think about. Uh, what really stood out to me the most and just how you already see um, in the episode, Agatha, one of the precogs, she doesn't approve of Dash helping out and she's kind of leery of, you know, making Good's character. Right, because after, after how they were treated after in the movie treated, by the... By the by the officials in the government, you know, mm-hmm. they're very, uh, they don't really trust them. You right. Know? So this could go either way. It's two, two ways. You know, Agatha, Agatha right now is being very, you know, cautious. She doesn't want to intervene though, but she's being very cautious about getting back involved because of, you know, how they were treated. So it's either she's going to stay that way and maybe, you know, concoct some stories or ideas of how she can like prevent things from, um, prevent the police from solving crimes. That's kind of where I'm thinking it might go. Or she might come around and get involved. Um, so I, I don't know like how that's going to go. So that's why I say it might be worth it to check out to see how that all develops. But um, yeah, you know, they're trying to set some seeds for you to, to, keep, watching. to keep watching. But yeah, it's 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 not enough for me. Not enough for think. you? Okay, bottom line, yeah. it's not enough for you. It's for, not me, enough for me, it's not enough for me. But by all means, check it out. I mean, it's going to be canceled soon, so you might, you might as well get those <laughs> three or four episodes in. Right. You might, you know, you, you might, might be enjoy inter- it. You might enjoy it. Might be entertained. Yeah, there was some. There, you know, it's like every show has some little bits, but you know, right. it might not be enough. So, so let's yeah, move on. move on to the next show. Uh, the next show is Blind Spots that came on NBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, came on at ten o'clock and. On a Monday night in the old uh, blacklist spot, mm-hmm. and Blind Spot stars uh, Jamie Alexander as Jane Doe, and that's pretty much her name right now. Is Jane Doe? Mm-hmm. She's a, a woman who is left inside a bag in, in Times Square, mm-hmm. and she's completely naked. Oh, I said she was naked. Didn't I say she was naked? Okay, she's a naked. She was a woman. She the she's a she's a woman who's naked. She's in a big bag in Times Square, and she's completely covered in tattoos. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the tattoos has the name of FBI agent Kurt Weller, who is played by Sullivan Stapleton, who is one of the stars of Strike Back, that uh, the show that came on Cinemax. The woman suffers from amnesia that uh, was drug induced. So someone you know drugged her so she could have you know long term. Uh, amnesia um she you know she doesn't know who she is uh, she doesn't know you know how she got in the bag she doesn't know how she got the tattoos she doesn't know anything she doesn't know anything <laughs> uh and also you know amongst the tattoos on her body the the fbi finds a navy seal tattoo uh that was covered up but there's no records of her in, as a navy seal uh there's also just various other clues that are, that are all over her body and essentially, it, you know, based on you know how the the first episode went uh, with the narrative, 
her tattoos are essentially clues to to a mystery and you have to follow or the FBI agents try to follow try to decipher all these tattoos on her body to you know thwart, thwart terrorists and mm-hmm. you know stop crimes and, and figure things out it's kind of it's kind of like a you know minority report except like her body is telling the future right. of, exactly. of, of future crimes uh, also starring on the show is uh, Rob Brown as one of the FBI agents. You may remember him from Finding Forrester. Also, and uh, Treme, he played the uh, the 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 jazz uh, musician on Treme. Also, Mary Marianne Jean Baptiste. She plays the sister director of the FBI. You may remember her from uh, the Secrets and Lies movie, where she was nominated for an Oscar, and I think she was on what's that show called? Shoot, one of those shows missing, not the missing, no. One, I have no idea. One of those CBS, <laughs> one of those CBS shows, crime procedurals, and people went missing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also a little little t- tidbit, funny tidbit is Ashley Johnson plays uh, the head of the FBI Forensic Science Unit. And if you don't know the name Ashley Johnson, mm-hmm. you may remember uh, her as she played little what Christy, was it Christy? Uh, Chrissy. Chrissy. Chrissy Seaver on Family Ties. She was a little girl. Growing Pains. Gr- growing Pains. I don't know why I said Family Ties. <laughs> she was a little girl on Growing Pains. Mm-hmm. And uh, in any event, um, that's the, the show in a nutshell. What did you think about it? Um, I actually kind of like this show, but um, I don't like, so far, I don't really care for the cast there's some and, and maybe it's because it's a new show and everybody's not really like used to obviously like working with each other but it was some sort of like i felt like it was a, a lack of charisma yeah it was very bland. very bl- you yes. a bland spot because <laughs> it was just bland that's how you felt okay good I, i'm glad i wasn't the only one that was feeling like that yeah i felt like there was just it was very sterile like all the care except for the brother who was the FBI guy, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was cool. But, like, everybody else was kind of, like, blah. Like, very blah on screen. Yeah. But I like the premise of the show. I'm intrigued by the premise. Really? Yeah, I kind of like it. I mean, I've been looking forward to this show because I've been like, okay, what's this going to be about? See, to me, like, I'm not interested in this show. I mean, yeah, the premise sounds silly, yet somewhat intriguing to me. But then when I when I thought about it deeper, I just realized all this is is the blacklist. But instead of James Spader, you have Jamie Alexander's tattoos. Like you know, James Spader came in, he had the <laughs> blacklist. The he had a people. list of all these people. Then yeah, he said right. the FBI, you have to get these people. Right. And you know, all the while he's serving his own interests. But right. you know, that's kinda like the setup for the show. And for this show, like her tattoo tattoos all, that cover her body is like the list mm-hmm. and then they have to figure out these these clues of these tattoos to right. figure out like the, the catch the criminal or whatever but essentially you know this how this is going to go each yeah. week is going to be a new a tattoo new, a, a new, new clue right and right, it's like and right. then you talk about my minority report being like you know predictable and, and the same thing you know re- repetitious mm-hmm. every week i mean repetitive yeah. this is pretty much gonna be the same thing well this one though i feel like you're not gonna know if they can solve a crime like you think that's what it's gonna be and i understand where you get that from because it's obviously like from the first show you're like okay well here's a crime you know the we figured it out this is 
these tattoos equal crimes, but that but they may take a different, you know, approach with it. You never know if they will actually do crimes for each one because that's going to get really like repetitive and like lame really quick. So, I mean, they may take like some of the clues I'm thinking, I'm hoping that they will lead to other people that kind of like has a bigger like part of like other crimes or something. So not necessarily every week they like get to solve a crime, but they just get more information about like obviously who she is and just more information about like what is tattooed on her body maybe they find somebody who who is like oh i i know what this means on her body you know and like i can figure it out Mm -hmm. so i'm hoping like it will be a little bit more varied than just like oh this is a let's look at this tattoo this is a crime let's figure this out but you know the little tidbit in there i mean i I think you almost missed it but like how the um the chief the woman saw the file numbers on those numbers so there's a little something there see there's a little something with that so she's like suspected of embezzlement in the um office so her file number, her case number, is, is, tattooed, is on. tattooed on her body. So I wonder where that's... See, that's not a... Well, it's a crime, but like, yeah. who knows how that's going to go? Because she's like, I guess, the chief of that department or whatever. So anyway, the um, the big question I had, though, actually, at the end was, how many seasons is it going to take <laughs> to go through every one of these? Because t- she is tatted up. They said in the article I read that it takes seven hours for her to get all these tattoos placed on her body. So she is really heavily tattooed. I'm sure you saw the commercials for it, but like, I wonder how many seasons it's going to take to (laughs) get through all these tattoos. If they were smart, it will take them several seasons to get through. Right. And then that's that's where the repetitiveness comes from. Right. That's what I'm just not interested because you, you you pretty much exhaust the possibilities and exhaust you know the the viewer's patience when it's like okay when is this gonna end like it's another tattoo another crime another tattoo another terrorist we go on and on and on yeah and and that's you know and unfortunately that's like the economics of of broadcast television where you know they pretty much have to like they're gonna do you know between 20 and 24 episodes a year Mm -hmm. then they try to go for at least four or five years so they could get to syndication and get those syndication dollars and Mm -hmm. you know off network right money so essentially it's like there's gonna be like they're shooting for at least 100 episodes and it's like, are you? Is this show interesting enough that you could watch a hundred episodes of it? I mean, and and that's how it was with like the blacklist. Like I enjoyed the blacklist, and I was thinking, wow, this is a pretty cool show. But even at, you know, at the beginning when I was really into it, I'm like, there's no way this can go this could go longer than a season or two before it starts to get tired. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and it's, and and to me, it already got tired because I stopped watching like three or four episodes in the season two of the blacklist because it was like, despite you know all the Herculean effort of James Spader to like make the show awesome. Mm -hmm. It's like, it was, it was only him. I mean, the the whole plot became so convoluted. I'm not, I'm one who could follow, I follow stuff pretty easily. Mm -hmm. I I don't get confused by stuff, but when something, you know, becomes that convoluted, even for me, then I'm like, you know what? I have to check out this show. It's like Alias. Yeah, like exactly. Like <laughs> it just gets to be more and more complicated. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was thinking, there's no way they could keep this show going for more than a couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. And I just feel the same thing applies to Blind Spot. So, mm-hmm. in, in, in my well, opinion, I would welcome some complicated stuff here. <laughs> you know, for, for, for the as bland as I kind of thought, like this could, you know, this kind of came across. Like, I, I welcome some, some complications. I welcome the chance to think a little bit more um but yeah this show i i'll tune in because i'm intrigued i want to see like how far they'll go i want to see 
if indeed everything is going to lead to, you know, finding somebody who's going to commit a crime or whatever. So, you know, I'll tune in. Oh. It doesn't sound like you'll tune in. No, I'm I'm going to pass on the blind spots. Okay. It's 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 not for me. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. So, we should move on. Yeah. So, the next show is um a blast from the past, something from all our youth. It's uh The Muppets. They're in a brand new show on <laughs> on ABC and you know, it's updated for the 21st century mm-hmm. and uh, essentially the, the 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 Muppets show that comes on ABC now is a show within a show. It's set in Los Angeles and depicts the the everyday personal and professional lives of the Muppets during production of a new late night show called Up Late with Miss Piggy. <laughs> it's a fictional late night show that comes on after uh, Jimmy Kimmel starring Miss Piggy. And essentially the 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 premise of the show is it, it's set up as a you know a documentary style a la the office, office. or modern <clears throat> family or parks and rec where you know there's a documentary style camera that follows everyone around and then each of the characters gives like a one on you know one on one you know confessional interview and they, and they talk about you know what just happened on <laughs> mm-hmm. what just happened in the previous scene and, right. and things like that uh, what did you think about it you, this is going to be your show. I, I mean, not I, I'm not into it. I, I uh, actually don't like the little documentary style thing. I'm so, like, even if it's the Muppets, it's so overplayed to me. Like, I just, I'm tired of seeing shows that do that little interview, you know, let's bring them aside and interview them, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, you know, it wasn't, I don't know. I didn't find any of the jokes funny. I was just, I don't know. I don't know if I've just outgrown the Muppets. Like, I haven't found the Muppets interesting in a very long... Since I was a kid. Oh, my so, I'm No sorry. one outgrows the Muppets, man. The Muppets are I'm, awesome. I'm just not on board with it. So, that would be your show to It's watch. like I don't even know so you. I, <laughs> I have nothing else to add. I, I was, love the Muppets, man. I was man. not Muppets a fan. Awesome. I used to love the Muppets. I watched them faithfully. I even watched the baby Muppets. But, you know, Muppet Babies. Oh, Muppet Babies was horrible, though. But I like the Muppet oh, Babies. Yeah, the Muppet Babies was terrible. Muppet Babies. Oh, they were so cute. Oh, my goodness. I hated Muppet <laughs> Babies. I was so mad when Muppet Babies came on. Because I was like, cool, a Muppet show. And they're like, oh, but it's Muppet Babies. That's lame. <laughs> you know, like animal running around with a little diaper. They were babies. Yeah, no, Muppet Babies was horrible. Though. Okay, well, like, whatever. Muppet I... Babies is like the Muppet equivalent of a pup named Scooby-Doo, you know? No, that was kind of weird. <laughs> like, yeah, that was too why much. Why did we have to, like make them like younger you know they make them younger <laughs> to appeal to like a new generation yeah they should, they should just do like another muppets in my opinion but i enjoyed the show i it wasn't yeah it wasn't that great but i could see it getting better and better i mean they're gonna have you know each episode is obviously gonna have celebrity cameos and you know musical acts and it's gonna be woven into the uh you know the setup of the show and I, I'm I'm willing to watch more of it because I really you know I enjoyed it I, I like the Muppets and you know <laughs> I'll give it a chance it's only it's only thirty minutes you know it's not mm-hmm. like an investment of an hour or like these hour long dramas that we've been talking mm-hmm. about tonight so okay. uh, I'm, I I would suggest the Muppets for anyone who's looking for the nostalgic uh, <laughs> kick of you know reliving their childhood and. And it's something that, you know, like in most comedies, like you really have to give it like a few episodes to find find its rhythm. So I, I would at least give this a few episodes. I would suggest giving it a few episodes for anyone who's uh, interested in watching. I'll pass. Okay. That's, moving that, on. That's a pass for you. <laughs> well, that was a quick one. Um, moving on. Um, thanks to um, shows like Scandal and, um, you know, How to Get Away with Murder and, and Empire, 
And it's like Hollywood is on this black folk kick. I mean, they're giving, they're handing out shows to black folks like Halloween candy on Halloween. We can we can be leaders. Yes, we can be leaders and best, and we can star in shows. And, and one of which is the new show called Rosewood that airs on Fox before the aforementioned Empire on Wednesday nights. And Rosewood stars Morris Chestnuts. Oh, that, see, 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 that one doesn't work, does it? No, see, no, that's, okay. that sounds weird. Okay, well, Morris Chestnut as uh, Dr. Beaumont Rosewood Jr., and he's the best private pathologist in he's Miami. He's the city's top pathologist. The top private, private pa- pathologist. <laughs> like, who knew there was such well, private pathologists out there? That's exactly what I wrote in my notes. Like, does this exist? <laughs> like, I mean, I know pathologists exist, but is there such I mean, there, a thing? there's some out there, but I don't know if it's like you... Yo, I don't know how much of an industry it is for you to like, you know, become rich off. And of they it. even made a distinction, like when the guy, like one of the detectives in the show, uh, said something about medical exam. He was like, "I'm a pathologist." Right. Like, exactly. Well, well, okay. Excuse me, I'm a pathologist. Well, he, uh, you know, he has a rare heart condition that could kill him at any moment. So, you know, this condition fuels his lust for life, and you know, he gives second opinions on on death, uh, you know, death incidents. You know, to friends and family when, you know, they come to him and say, we need your help because we're not sure about, you know, how this happened or why this person died. Mm -hmm. And he has like a state of art lab in which he conducts these uh, Mm -hmm. pathology examinations. (laughs) And it's 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 amazing to me that this lab pretty much looks like a high end loft in Miami. Yeah. He has all these like flat screens. It looks like a CSI, you know, mm-hmm. glass everywhere. Somebody's paying him. Uh, yeah, somebody's <laughs> apparently paying him, but then he also, <laughs> in this pathology lab loft, like, they put the body, like, right in the middle of the floor, and I'm like, that doesn't look sterile at all. But, I mean... <laughs> but, to if you didn't watch the show, though, it is, it is, like, it's very, it's not like they're in his house, per se, like, it's not like a body in the middle of his house. It's very dark and very sterile. And it's and it, cool. I mean, it's it a, looks it's cool. Like a it's CSI a cool setup. Set. It's like but then CSI. it's like, it is like a loft. So it's kind of like he's converted this, like, loft into his office, his lab, so... Right. Yeah. And, and... And in this show, he works with a, a detective who just moved down from New York back to her hometown of Miami. And, you know, they're a pretty much become a buddy team of, of solving crimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she's investigating murders or suicides or whatever, you know, the death is. And he's there to, I don't know, crack wise and be charming. Pretty, <laughs> pretty much. That's, that's like the, the premise of, of the show. Uh, his co-star is Jana Lee Ortiz, and she plays the detective Annalise Vila. And also, Gabrielle Dennis plays his sister, Pippi Rosewood. And then uh, there's another woman, Anna Conkey, plays Tara, uh, Pippi's fiance. And Lorraine Toussaint plays uh, Beaumont and uh, Pippi's mother, Donna Rosewood. And it's yeah, it's very interesting. Although I did not watch seasons two or three of uh, Orange Is the New Black, but I, I guess Lorraine Toussaint was looking to get that network money and decided to leave Orange Is the New Black because I'm sure Netflix doesn't pay as much for an ensemble show as Fox will pay her to be, you know, part of a mm-hmm. <laughs> part of a new show uh, that you know helps anchors uh, Empire on on Wednesday nights, and. <sighs> What did you think? <laughs> <laughs> you said a lot. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, um, I, I told you this, it's very light. 
It's a very light show. I think anybody can get into it. I don't, it's not deep, you know, it's, it's these little, you know, like I said, there, or like you said, there are crimes being, you know, they're solving these crimes and, and, and I think that's just going to be it each week. Yeah. You know, it's nothing, it's not going to be deep. You know, they're going to probably throw a little twist and turns in there, but like, it's nothing too complicated to handle. Like I, I said, this was kind of like a USA show. Um, if you watch anything right. on USA, uh, like white collar, for instance, or what is that? Royal, Royal Pains. Pains. It's very, or, yeah. it's very light. You can jump in. This is, I think, this is a, one of those great shows. You can just binge watch. You know, like you, you don't even have to watch this every week unless you know if you're watching Empire, then you probably will end up watching this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can totally binge watch this. It's one of those great shows that you could just. You can jump in at any time. And you don't even have to pay attention. Yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> you can could, just have it on in the background. Yeah, it's one. It's, it is kind of like one of those background shows. But I think it's. It's. I think it'll be a little bit more entertaining than that. But yeah, it's 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 very light, and they solve a crime, and you know, you know. Is to me, hmm. and I, I think I've seen it someplace else. This show is pretty much Castle. It's. It's, yeah, the, it's, it's pretty that. much the same conceit as Castle, where Castle has, like, the hard-boiled female detective mm-hmm. who's, you know, trying to solve these crimes, but then, you know, through circumstance, she's forced to work with... Uh, this you know, mystery writer right, or whatever mystery he, writer yeah, played he's... by Nathan Fillion <laughs> yeah. named Castle, and, you know, he's, like, he cracks jokes, he's charming, he's smug, mm-hmm. and he's there to, like, help her along in solving these crimes. Right. And which is pretty much the exact same yeah, thing yeah, as Rosewood. Yeah, it's pretty much the same premise. Um, Rosewood, um, getting into his character, I mean, he's very, you know, charming. He's obviously more chestnut, so he's quite, you know handsome as we all know yeah hey if you get to talk about megan's goods i get to talk about morris chest (laughs) i'm very happy because you just said megan's goods (laughs) (laughs) see this is why i don't like megan's goods is cool though man it's kind of like liam neeson's but like i'm just saying what you say i'm not gonna be calling her megan's Megan's goods no (laughs) but anyway so yes you know so you have that going for the show you know obviously they want to Definitely bring in the lady demographic with this show with Morris Chestnut. Um, so he's very charming. He smiles a lot. You know, all of these things. And, you know, he comes across as, uh, we were saying this too, that he is kind of like house. Like he, he he's yeah, a know-it-all. Oh, yeah, he yeah, knows yeah. He, Like he can everything. see a body and then he'll like determine five things from looking at the body. Like for five seconds. Right, he's like house or Sherlock. <laughs> Sherlock, yeah. right. Yeah, if you watch Sherlock on BBC, like, or if you watch house, it's basically, he's that same guy. And he just, you know, he just knows everything. And, you know, he's very, very, very confident. Like, almost, like, you know, arrogant, basically, to right. the, the point of being arrogant. But, yeah, like, he's very confident. He knows he knows everything. He can solve things in a minute. But, yeah, it's, um, other than that, like, you know, it's it's the typical kind of buddy cop, you know, right. type of yeah. show. Yeah, the, the oil and water setup of, like, you know, mm. the, the hard, you know, like I said, the hard-boiled, you know, you know, no nonsense cop. Period. Right. You know, paired up with the she's serious. Right. She's serious, business. and she needs to lighten <laughs> up with the with the smug, charming, you know, jokey kind of person who you mm-hmm. know who's you know out to have a good time and solve right. crimes at the same time. Surprisingly, she kind of came around to him like by the end of the episode, which okay, I was like, yeah. wow, they made her come around. You know, not they didn't make her right. be such a stick in the mud throughout the whole episode. So we'll see how this goes. You know, maybe it's going to be a back and forth type of thing like you know some days she's gonna be very like you know focused other days she'll allow him to let his you know charisma charm her and you know whatever so we'll see how this goes um the only thing i will say that's kind of annoying about the show which is like some you know like castle you know it's like 
the guy is interested in the girl. Like, I wish, like, they would mix that up sometimes and have, like, the girl interested in the guy. Because you always have that, like, the guys pursuing the girl. Right. So it would be interesting to see because a different of, dynamic. Because like, you also have to think about, like, you know, in Hollywood in general, like, most of the writers are, are men. Yeah, you know, so it's like... White men. So yeah. they, they, they write what they know or what they want yeah, to know. So they write, so, like, yeah, the woman is, like, playing hard to get. And right, the guy, the guy has, has to, to pursue. Has to pursue and mm-hmm. break down her walls and right, things like exactly. that. Right, exactly. It would be nice. It would have been nice if, like, he walked into the office and she was looking him up and down. Like, that would have been such a change. Like, because you never see that on shows, you know. Hard, hardly ever. Well, maybe so. because these, like, dorky Hollywood writers never saw that in real life. <laughs> maybe that's why. <laughs> Probably. So, that's all I have to say. I will, I will tune in. But this is something that, you know, I watch Empire, so I probably will end up watching this beforehand. But I don't, but I don't also feel like I need to watch it every single week. I can totally like catch up on this. Like, yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's, I thought it was uh, it was an okay show. Like I said, mm-hmm. it was light, you know, hearted, uh, pop type show where you know it's not too deep. You don't have to think too much about it. You don't have to, um, you know, you have to turn your you can turn your brain off and just watch it. You know, yeah. It's a, it's a USA type show and it's cool. If you, I mean, that's what you're into, you can watch it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like offensively bad you know right right plus i mean it's nice to see like morris chestnut like headline in the and show and a lead role like right. I've, bravo I mean, to him i mean we talk about all the you know shows that are that are headlined by uh you know black women on mm-hmm. television with scandal how to get away with murder right. uh you know uh sleepy hollow and empire but there's not many shows that are headlined by black like men. men. I mean, yeah. there's pretty much there's like power, and then on um, stars right. of Omari stars. Hardwick, and then there's this show with Morris Chestnut. Yeah, you know, like, so it's yeah. nice to see him. Well, not, but then you'll time. talk about the player with. Right. Yes. With your boy. I'm gonna talk about that next. Well, that's a good segue. We can talk about the player now. And you're gonna be talking about this. I did not watch this show. Um. So Stephen's. Tracy had this. no interest in watching the player. She would rather watch How to Get Away with a Crappy <laughs> Approximation of Law School in a Criminal Law Show. Well, I didn't go to law school, so I can, I can just think what it is. I guess. Yeah, and and. and Okay, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't. That. I don't care for how to how to get away with murder. I think it's a horrible show, but that's neither You've here nor there. You've watched like two episodes, but that's okay. I've watched enough to know that it's not <laughs> a good show. I, mean, I think it's hard for you to for, watch because you went to law school. It's not just not yeah, well because it's not just that, but it's also very insulting though. It's not just like because I went to law school. Like as as a show is, and I know now we're like stepping into territory of reviewing another show not on our list, but I want to get this out. It's it's. <laughs> The whole setup of the show, and we were going to talk about this with Quantico, is I don't like the conceit. I don't like how it's how it's structured, how the narrative is structured. Mm-hmm. I don't like you know the motivations of of the of the characters and why they do certain things, and just the fact that like it's you know really an insult to how law school actually works. It's just like the cherry on top of all that. Like I don't expect any show to be like realism. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, I was a big fan of Law and Order. Watched it for twenty years. Mm-hmm. And Law and Order isn't really like the real criminal justice system, mm-hmm. but they don't also insult the viewers and how they present the criminal justices. Mm-hmm. I think how to get away with murder is very insulting and mm-hmm. and how they set up certain things. Yeah. I mean it's like every week there was literally like a new case. <laughs> and, and and I don't want to get too much into it. But anyway, you watched that instead of the player. 
<laughs> so you get me started. Whoa, I know. I, ooh, I you will go, go on. Ooh, I'm like, I am like a boulder rolling down here when you get me started on a topic like that. On any of those Shonda shows, ooh, you can't stop me once I get going. But anyway. <laughs> You're crazy. Talk about your show. Okay, the player. Here come the, the players. They're so <laughs> that's that's for you people who are like Craig Ferguson fans. You would get that one. But the the player uh, stars Wesley Snipes as a mysterious uh, pit boss of a high stakes game where a, a group of wealthy secretive individuals gamble on the ability of a former military operative operative turned security expert um, from stopping the biggest crimes from playing out. So essentially, what uh, the show is Philip Winchester. He's uh, he was on Strike Back with uh, Sullivan Stapleton, and he plays a guy who is framed for his ex-wife's murder. And essentially, when he tried to you know capture the the, the criminals and stop crimes, uh, he was you know flagged by the the by Wesley Snipes' character. Uh, I think he played, what's Wesley Snipes saying? Mr. Johnson. <laughs> Just his name, Mr. Johnson. Like they, could have, they could have been a little bit more creative with that name, but that's neither here nor there. As someone who could participate in this game, and we don't know much more about this game other than essentially there's a crime that's going to happen. There is a supercomputer that, that Mr. Johnson has. Uh, think of it as like the computer from Person of Interest that can predict crimes or whatever that computer is. And essentially, they have a player who they say, hey, there's a crime that's going to happen. We want you to go stop it. Go. And then the people bet on whether or not he can he can complete the crime. Uh, essentially, it's a pretty ludicrous and convoluted premise, uh, pretty much. But and in its ludicrosity, that's, that's a word I just made up, in its ludicrosity, it was mildly entertaining. I mean, it was only the first show, and it it under the thing about this show is I think it understands what it what it is. It, it understands it's a pretty ludicrous show with a preposterous uh, plot and premise, and it really doesn't make much sense. But you could just go along with it, and if you do, you're you'll be entertained. I mean, if you're not looking for something that's really you know deep or thought provoking or you know a high quality Emmy winning show. You know, that's what this it's pretty much tries, you know, to be. It has it doesn't have lofty ambitions, it has, you know, pretty measured ambitions and it, it pretty much meets it. It's you know, but one thing, you know, I think about this show is it even though it doesn't try to, to do too much, I, I do think it's only go, go it's only gonna go as far as Wesley Snipes's uh, character can take it. Like Wesley Snipes is pretty much the the James Spader of the player. Like it's subpar material that is pretty much beneath him as an actor. But you know, coming out of prison for tax evasion, I'm sure you know he's having a little bit of trouble lining up some primo grade A roles. So you know he's pretty much gonna take what he can get. So. He, it's a situation where I think he has to make this show better than what it is. Uh, much like James Spader in Blacklist, where it's just a, a ludicrous concept of his, uh, his mass, criminal mastermind, his evaded capture. He has a list of all the world's most dangerous and wanted criminals, and then he tells the FBI about them and, and helps them 
capture them. And, and, and it's really, you know, the strength of the show is really on James Spader, just, you know, sparkling and, and crackling with personality and charm and making you want to watch the show. It's like you can't take your eyes off of him. With respect to the players, the same thing with Wesley Snipes, although Wesley is, you know, at least in the first episode, was a little more subdued than the James Spader is on, on the blacklist. He's, you know, more calm and, and cool and, and mysterious, so you really don't get the opportunity to see his personality. I mean, we all know, uh, you know, Wesley Snipes. We've seen a lot of his movies over the years, and we know that, you know, he has good personality. He's a, he's a really good actor, and he does action very well, uh, with the exception of one particular scene where he, you know, went undercover, so to speak, uh, as an FBI agent in order to help, uh, you know, Philip Winchester's character get out of jail, you really didn't get to see Wesley Snipes have any fun, but it's only the first episode, you know, I'm definitely expecting, you know, more and more, uh, you know, more and more personality from them and, and a little bit more from the show. Uh, I I definitely enjoyed it. I, I you know I I will continue to watch it. Although the ratings were kind of low for it, so it's really this much like Minority Report is one of those bubble shows that didn't do too hot its first week, so it's probably not going to be on the air too much longer. And I, I pretty much think it's mainly because of the competition for this show. It's it it comes on Thursdays at ten, opposite uh, How to Get Away with Murder. And I think NBC was trying to, you know, counter program because, you know, ABC's Thursday night lineup and runs heavily uh, with female viewers. You know, you have Grey's Anatomy, Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. And I guess NBC's thinking, okay, we're going to counter program. We're going to put a, a male screening show on there and maybe men who aren't watching How to Get Away with Murder will watch, you know, Wesley Snipes in this comeback vehicle on the player. But unfortunately, you know, NBC didn't factor in that it's also now Thursday Night Football on CBS, at least for the first eight weeks of the year. So Thursday Night Football is going to be dominated by men as well. So I really don't see how NBC doesn't realize that by, you know, trying to steal away the male audience from How to Get Away with Murder with a male skewing show on at 10 o'clock isn't going to be very successful considering NFL is on at the exact same time between 8 o'clock and 11. So in any event, uh, this show, it's a good, fun show that I think will get better eventually and you get to see more of Wesley Snipes' uh, personality. But I don't think it's going to be around much longer. It's going to probably get canceled pretty soon so you might want to hop on it while you get the chance but it may surprise it may actually get better who knows it might you know ratings might go up and it might stick around but i mean i suggest that you know you check it out and and hopefully it will last a little bit longer so yeah that was that Awesome. <laughs> yeah, Tracy has nothing to say because Tracy didn't see it, but that's 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 all good. Maybe yeah. they'll move the show to a different ten slot. Hopefully they would, because I mean it's not good. It's it's not going to do well in that in that particular time slot. But mm -hmm. since the, the season just started last week, I mean mm -hmm. it's going to take a while before they they actually move it, and I don't know where they're going to move it to. But hopefully they'll. I mean, it's NBC. They. Yeah, something's going to get canceled, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something's so. going to get canceled eventually on NBC. Yeah. But hopefully they'll move it. And um, 
Yeah, that that was it. That was the play. Yeah, so okay, finally we'll talk about the Quantico, which yeah. we will talk about. Cause yeah, I, I only watched the first what ten minutes of it or so, like that. Yeah, you just saw the first ten minutes, and I watched the entire Quantico because in order for me to uh, vilify and demonize and and you know critique a show, I think it's only fair that I actually watch the show. <laughs> so I watched uh, Quantico, and this uh, this show stars Priyanka Chopra. Uh, she stars as Alex Parrish, an FBI uh, recruit. And Priyanka Chopra is a huge Bollywood star. I think she was like Miss India like maybe 10 years ago or something like that. She's mm-hmm. she's like a huge star in Bollywood and, and mm-hmm. in South Asia. Mm-hmm. And this is her first you know, American role. Mm-hmm. And she had a talent-holding deal with ABC in which they gave her the option of either being on her... Uh, own show mm-hmm. as you know starring on her own show or she could have joined an existing show mm. that's already on the air and she decided to join you know start this show as, as the star and this series uh, Chronicle follows a group of young FBI recruits each has you know, a specific reason for for joining the the FBI and essentially the, the the conceit of the show is it's told in flashback of what happened during you know FBI Academy training in Quantico, and uh, pretty much the cast of the show—they're all like quote unquote young recruits, and they are all impossibly attractive. <laughs> it is amazing how attractive that one these... kind of not so attractive guy. Yeah, one. but the, but he's he's just a but he's a he's a nice he's regular an average guy, guy. Yeah, but he puts on these glasses and he's trying to make you like uh, he's not very cute. But I bet you you take if you see this this actor, I don't even, I don't remember. I don't know which one he Tate was. Ellington is his name, the actor's name. Google Tate Ellington. He if you take off his glasses, I'm sure he's like a, probably an attractive guy. But they had to like make him non attractive for mm. this show. But everyone on the show is yeah, like drop dead gorgeous. Yeah. Priyanka Chopra's. On there, Yasmin Almazri, she plays, uh, you know, one of the, the Muslim recruits. She's attractive. There's a blonde woman, Joanna Brady. Uh, she's on the show. It's like everyone's just attractive. And these are all unknowns, right? These are all pretty Pretty much. much. Yeah, actors. I mean, the biggest name other than, you know, Priyanka Chopra, but she's not big at all in this country, mm-hmm. is Anjanue Ellis. Right. And, you know, Anjanue Ellis has been in a lot of stuff. When she was in, in Caveman's Valentine, she's been in a bunch of movies and, and television shows. And she's Diana Ross's daughter. Anjanue Ellis is Diana Ross's daughter? I'm pretty sure. Are you sure about that? I'm going to Google. Oh, my goodness. Did I you never... not know that? No, I didn't know that. So she's like, uh, you know, Tracy Ellis Ross is like half sister or something. I'm pretty Cause I know sure. they don't have the same daddy. <laughs> I don't know they didn't have the same daddy. How's your new Ellis is Diana Ross's daughter? I'm pretty sure. Um, well, that's sure. that's that's interesting. I never I thought she I never was. knew that. You're probably just making that up now. I don't know if I'm making that up. Maybe I'm making that up. Yeah, you're making that up because you, I thought what what is. If she was Diana Ross's daughter, you'd have seen it well, by now. Who was the other one that's Diana Ross's daughter? Man, I don't know that. That, that acts. I, I don't know. That, that, okay, that, move along. Moving she's on. That doesn't matter. Well, Ellis plays uh, Miranda Shaw, and she's like the... Miranda Shaw, excuse me. Um, she's like the executive director of the F- FBI Academy, supposedly. Mm-hmm. And this kind of you know highlights a trend for me. It's not really a trend. It's been going on since like the beginning of... Probably since the 80s where shows try to, you know, give the appearance of diversity 
and you know they want to put let's so-called black people in shows mm. but they always put them in the positions of power and <laughs> you know and and to me it's, it's it serves a, like a dual purpose in it. it serves as a purpose of hey we got we want to put a black person on this show we'll we put them in a show and they put them in a position of power but also by putting them in that position of power in most of these shows that particular character mm-hmm. like really doesn't have much to do with the main you know, stars story, of the yeah. show or the main mm-hmm. story. I mean, you think of something like NYPD Blue, uh, you know, with um, uh, NYPD Blue was one, you know, like on... I didn't really watch that too much. Well, yeah, but, you know, NYPD Blue, the... The the the, uh, the, the tech... Oh, I forgot what he's like. The chief or lieutenant of, of the squad uh, was black. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was like Law and Order is the same way. Uh, you know, I think of like even though it's 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 a little bit different because after like twelve years they were able to, uh, you know, expand people's roles more. But like Grey's Anatomy, where you like James Pickens Jr. was like yeah. the chief, and you know he wasn't involved too much in like the the main storylines in the beginning. And it's the same thing. In Actually, this... I have to counteract that because you know I've watched all twelve seasons. Yeah, he was more so beginning, not yeah. now so much. Okay, well, yeah. in any event, that's like a that's something that happens, and it mm-hmm. happened with. Quantico and also the show we just talked about earlier was Blind Spot with Marine Jean Baptiste character being like the head. Oh, and and then and, and Blacklist with uh, what's oh, his ha- face? Ha- Harry? Harry Lennox. Yes. Ha- Harry Lennox character. Yeah, he definitely was like right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, peripheral <laughs> for well, the chief for him to be the leader, he was kind of peripheral. Right, and yeah. in any event, uh, you know the, the the plot of the show is you know there's a a terrorist attack on Grand Central Term- Terminal, mm-hmm. and. Um, Priyanka Chopra's character, Alex Parrish, is found at the site. And then, you know, the FBI says, you know, there was a terrorist attack. We think one of the recruits did it. Someone from the inside, from FBI Academy did it. We need you to remember, you know, tell us everything you remember about that time at the Academy. So basically, they flash back to her time at the Academy mm-hmm. last year, the year before. And then, you know, they tell all the stories of everything that's mm-hmm. happened and all the relationships and it's you know it's pretty much like the same concept as uh, how to get away with murder. How they have like the flash four. Like it starts off with like the murder, and then you go back and just figure out how do they mm-hmm. get to that point. Get, yeah. Who who was the person that was murdered? Who did the murder? In? And I didn't know that it was gonna be the like how the show was gonna be. And just knowing that, I'm like not into it. Like I because I hated that about how to get away with murder. Like I, you know, me and how to get away with murder. You know, I, you know, it's not the best show, but it keeps it's intriguing to me mm-hmm. at some points. But yeah, like that was one of the things I talked about on, on my blog. How I hated, hated, hated all the flash forwards, backs, whatever you want to call right. it. Because a lot of shows just don't do them well. They don't. It's very convoluted. And the best show to ever do it, honestly, was Lost. How Lost did, like, these flashbacks every mm-hmm. time. Like, every episode, in the beginning of Lost, every episode was, you know, they focused on one particular character and they were flashback to their time before the plane crash. Mm-hmm. Or even, like, you know, right up to the moment of the plane crash, like, what was going on in their lives. And it was very, very good. When Lost yeah. did it, I mean, it really drew you in mm-hmm. into those characters and you got to know a little bit more about them. And when other shows do it, they just, they're just doing, don't do it as well. I mean, yeah, they're they not... they don't do those things justice at all. There's not enough time to do them. Right. And... Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. But in, in this particular show, um, like I said, everyone is impossibly beautiful on this show. And this is pretty much like a soap opera. It's... I've, re- I've, I've, I've read that this show has been referred to as How to Get Away with Terror 
<laughs> or Gray's Academy because <laughs> it's pretty much like beautiful people trying to say, you know, whip smart, cute things to each other, but then also you have the serious stuff with the terrorism. It's like Grey's Anatomy meets like Homeland and it's like doing a terrible job of doing both. Because mm-hmm. at least with Grey's Anatomy, it kinda knows what it is. Like it kinda yeah. plays up that that cheekiness, you mm-hmm. know. That was how it was from the start. Right. It, yeah. It, yeah. it, it kinda knows what it is. Like this show is actually trying to be like a serious you know, suspenseful drama about mm-hmm. terrorism, and it's like I'm not buying it. Not when, a, not in a world with <laughs> Homeland. Like Homeland has yeah. its own problems. I mean, if you take away the whole Brody and Carrie okay. thing, which was like should have should have died in season one, but if you take that away from Homeland, Homeland is a great great show. Yeah, I mean, wow. it, it's, it's really good, and it really it's a really great show for terror. You know, you talk about terrorism stories and terrorists. Mm-hmm. Um, and this show is like just nowhere near as good, in in my opinion. And you know, I don't want to spoil it for people really by telling you know the important plot points from the first episode. But you know, let's just say like you know, out of all the recruits that start, like only you know the the main recruits that are featured in the first episode, uh, a couple of them don't really make it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, past that point. But you know, they might show up later in the show because, you know, flashbacks and fast forwards are the, you know, are, are the, you know, ch- choice of, of narrative device that is used in this show. Mm-hmm. But in, in any event, I would say, you know, I would pass on this show. It's, you know, especially because there wasn't even much, it wasn't even close to near any action in the first episode. It was like no action. Um, well, you, you, well, yeah. I watched it, for, it was like no action in a sense. Like, okay, this is really a show about terrorism, and there was nothing like exciting that really drew me in. And you know, the so-called mysteries. Like everyone has a mystery. You know, mm-hmm. there's like people posing as, you know, posing as you know undercover people. People are you know you know not who they seem and and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. It's still not enough for me, but it's one thing I will say, because this is going to be a spoiler, and it's not really a real spoiler because I don't know for sure, but <laughs> based on what I read and what I saw in the first episode, I'm just going to tell you right now who the terrorist is. Oh, you already, you know, you've already just, figured it out. Just the two of us podcast listeners, you have an exclusive. You can mark this down. <laughs> episode 12 of Just the Two of Us Podcast, I am giving you who the killer or who the terrorist is. And, and and who the mole is in Quantico, and when this show is at the end of the season, it's probably going to reveal it at the end of the season. That's the type of stuff they do. When when you find out who the actual mole is, you're going to look back in this podcast and say, "Wow, <laughs> Stephen was right. He got it." The mole slash terrorist or whoever it is is going to be Shelby Wyatt. She's the blonde girl. Oh, the blonde girl. I was kind of thinking that from the previews. She's going to be the terrorist because she, her particular character, like her, she joined the FBI because her parents died in 9-11. She was on one of the, her parents were on one of the planes. Ah, And then uh someone, you know, asked her or one of the characters said something like, why, you know, why are you being nice to me? Because he did something terrible. And he's like, I was, you know, I was a jerk to everyone. I was a jerk. I treated you like, you know, crap. Why are you being nice to me? And she said, because I, because I know what it feels like to be discounted by people. And I decided to, you know, 
and I decided I was going to do something about it or something like that. Mm. And it's, it's, it seems like it's a throwaway line just to give you color into her character as to, yeah, she, she wanted to do something about it. She's mm-hmm. going to join the FBI and fight terror. But I actually think it's because she's a terrorist. And for whatever reason, she has agreements against the U.S. Right. Or, you know, the FBI or who or the intelligence agencies or whoever. And she's going to be the one that's part of this big conspiracy, this terrorist conspiracy. So hmm. mark my words. You can write it down. Take notes. <laughs> Shelby Wyatt, played by Johanna Brady, is going to be the terrorist. That, that totally sets it up. It was something in the previews that I can't remember now. But it was something about her. I was wondering if it was going to be her because she kind of looks like the least likely right exactly like based on everything they showed in the show like every there's some suspicion around every character on this show right there's something about every character and they're all hiding some sort of secret right except for like her like she's the only one where you know she seems like she's straight you know a straight shooter yeah and it's like everyone is pretty much like you know a red herring it's like the Jewish guy, and then the, the mm. Muslim girl, and the, right. and you know the half Indian, some, half you know, white girl. Everyone mm-hmm. has you know some sort of secret, and it's I think it's her. I mean that's pretty much it. But you know I I'm digressing. We'll yeah, mm-hmm. I'm digressing. But I you know I wouldn't recommend this show, but because I have low higher standards when it comes <laughs> to television shows. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate when shows know what they are and try to do it and do it well. Mm-hmm. And then I can, you know, I usually get by that. It's like, I, I accept that. Mm-hmm. I can suspend my disbelief on shows like that. Mm-hmm. But for other shows who pretend to be more than what they are, those are the shows that I really ding and say, you know what, that show sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's certain shows, I'm not going to name them, but I mean, if you know anything about me, you know there's certain shows that I've talked about in the past that I don't like and for whatever reason. And they, when they try to be more than what they are and think they're more important than what they are, and those shows I don't like. But shows that say, you know, as I said with the player, it knows what it is. It's going to, this is what you get. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We're not pretending to win Emmys. We're not pretending to break down barriers <laughs> in Hollywood. We're just a silly show about a guy who, you know, is trying, who people are betting on whether or not he can stop crimes. Right. Quantico tries to be more than what it is, but it's a soap opera. I mean, for crying mm-hmm. out loud, in the beginning of the show, uh, you know, Priyanka Chopra's character sleeps with another dude. She meets on the plane in his car at the airport when they land in, in Washington. And it turns out that that guy is another FBI recruit. She finds out later. Like, she didn't know that he mm-hmm. was in the FBI. And, hello, that's exactly what happened in, like, the first episode of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Where Meredith, you know, slept with, you know, Derek. Mm-hmm. And not knowing that, oh, yeah, that guy is going to be my boss tomorrow. I mean, right. it's pretty much a soap opera show. And if you're into that stuff, if you're into Grey's Anatomy, if you're into Scandal, and if mm-hmm. you're into How to Get Away with Murder... Then go right ahead and watch those shows. Although those shows, with the exception of Scandal, probably do what they do better than what Quantico is trying to do. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my recommendation on that. Pass on Quantico. <laughs> well, I, I will try to catch it um, and watch it and see how I like it. A lot of people seem to like it. But I think a lot of people who said they like it are those people who like Scandal and Exactly, and yeah. If, if you like those shows, you're probably going to like this. Mm-hmm. Although it's probably not as good as those shows. But on the other hand, Priyanka Chopra is a looker, so and, and she <laughs> and it's nice to see like so, you know a person of color leading the show. I mean right, that's the yeah. thing. Like I, I like to see that, and you know 
it's good to see her get this role and then elevate her profile in the U.S. And she's she's pretty decent in her role. I mean, you know, she you know she has a little sassiness to her. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously she has like the quote unquote sexy factor going for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's you know kind of charming as well. So it's it's good, you know, in that respect. If you want to see, you know, a person of color, a South Asian, or actually she's like, yeah, she's South Asian, uh, East Indian, South mm-hmm. Asian. Uh, if you want to see someone like that, you know, go ahead and watch the show, you know, support her. Uh, but otherwise, it's it's a pass. So. And Anjanu is not... Diana Ross's daughter. I swear Girl, to God. Because she kind of looks like That was like 10 minutes ago when we had that conversation. I was still looking. And I thought we decided that she wasn't... If you didn't see it on Wikipedia the first time, then she wasn't Diana sure. Ross's daughter. I just wanted to make you, sure. Don't you think that would have been on her Wikipedia but no, page? You know, yeah, no, totally. But you know what's so interesting? She also went to Brown. So did Tracy Ellis Ross. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, and Vanessa Williams went to Syracuse. Or, no, not Syracuse. Where'd he go? I NYU. Vanessa Williams went to NYU. Both Vanessa Williams. Really? At the same time. <laughs> Random. Uh, you didn't know that. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, there's a, a little bonus feature for you people. The two <laughs> Vanessa Williams, Vanessa L. Williams from uh, you know Miss America fame and you know all the movies and television shows, went to, I think it was NYU, as the, or maybe it was Syracuse, I don't know, one of those New York schools, at the same time as the other Vanessa Williams who was in the Soul Food television show in New Jack City. And I think Vanessa L. Williams learned about the other Vanessa Williams being in school at the same time as her because when she went to, like, registration or the registrar's office, like, she found out, like, there was another Vanessa Williams who had, like, already registered or, or something like that. So it was kind of like she found out there was another Vanessa Williams in school at the same time as her. So that's a little little bonus nugget of, of trivia for you. So Interesting. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Anyway. But anyway, <laughs> that's you know that's pretty much it. I have nothing else. I mean, those are the the new shows I cared about talking about. Alrighty, that's all I had. Okay. <laughs> well, we, you know, we hope that you guys enjoyed the podcast. We're we're glad to be back. We're back in the floor of things. It feels good. You know, we know you guys been fiending for our. <laughs> okay, maybe you haven't been, <laughs> but we wanted to do a podcast, and hopefully, yes. you guys. You know, listen to it and enjoy it. And, and as always, be sure to let us know if you have any questions, comments, concerns, any tips, suggestions, suggested show ideas, whatever. You can hit us up at Just the Two of Us Podcast. Uh, that's uh, on Twitter. It's J T T O U. No, U O. No, O U Podcast. podcast. Okay, how about this? This will make it easy for the people. <laughs> find me on Twitter at Nipsey, N-I-P-S-E-Y, and you can find Tracy on Twitter at... Trayrific. Spell that out for the people. Trey, T-R-A-Y. Right. Ific. No, no, that, that, no it's Trayrific, not Trayific. T-R-A-Y-R-I-F-I-C. Clearly we cannot spell. Yeah, in any event, hit us up or on our Facebook page. You can find us there and let us know if you... Have any questions, comments, or concerns? Thanks, everyone. Thanks.